Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. What's up on this Wednesday, Moan? Ah, nice old hump day. Uh, All is well, though, DK. How are you? All right. I'll tell you what. I I was covering baseball last night, and I finally had a chance to check out the you and and, and John Malecki episode here. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it, it was cool, man. I, I I truly enjoyed John, and 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 of course, I'm going to deliver on everybody said I'm I'm delivering for. But Maleki was fresh on our mind because we're speaking of football or or life after football, and he was the first one to come to mind. And I love shedding a light on my guys that got businesses, and also he's an undrafted free agent, so I you know, yeah, I had to do that. The brotherhood is real of the UDFAs. There is yes, no question is. about that here, Moan. You know. We've talked a good bit about the first preseason game, and we've talked mostly about the offense because that's just how it goes here. Yeah. And there's something that bugs you about the defense that you wanted to talk about today. Um, it, it did, man. And we we actually we, we recapped on the game. Of course, the quarterbacks meant a lot to us, but there was one aspect of it. And all I can think of is, is the Minnesota game. Like It's notorious that this defense is always going to be good. And it's always going to be good because you have guys like Cam, Tyson, TJ. You know what I'm saying? Miles Jack has really sprung into action. Watching Terrell and Minka. But it was it was an aspect of the run game that really bothered me. And it would bother me if I was a teammate, too. And I just thought they gave up a little bit too much in the run game for guys trying to make this team. Cam can't be Superman the entire time. Tyson is coming back from his injury, man. And, and of course, you you got Larry Ogunjobi in that position, too. It's like, yo, you got guys that want to play a lot and, and will. But when it comes time for the reserves to come in, which... Those are the guys that played a good bit. You can't be porous in the run game. I'm actually shocked we didn't see more conversation about that from this past week, man. I was I was a little unsettled um, watching them kind of give up those gashes like that this past week as we try to, you know, nitpick some changes that got to be made going into the second preseason game this weekend. Well, we saw, I think, a little bit of a reaction to it, but it was – almost entirely focused on Devin Bush because I think everybody's waiting for Devin Bush to come back and just be, you know, exactly what he was as a rookie. Yeah. Um, I mean, the expectations should be high as we've talked about on this show, but I'm curious from your standpoint here, if you saw something more than just 55 struggling out there. Well, just the defensive line up front. That's where my biggest issue was. Like, guys were getting moved, and I don't think the world of um, Seattle's offensive line, I know they have a stud at with Charles Cross as their, you know, number one draft pick this year, but they've never been a team that's had a great offensive line. They've played good, and the scheme of the way they run the ball with Marshawn is something that speaks droves of them, but I, I thought those young guys up front didn't do a good job of holding the anchor when it comes down to um, getting off the field. It was noticeable, man. I was a little, uh, like I said, unsettled by it. You give up overall 159 yards rushing in the preseason game, and I know it's twos and threes, but those are the guys that are vying for positions. What, what, what good is a team if you don't have backups or you don't have a second line that can come in and really make a splash and give Cam a playoff? Like, I want Cam to play for as long as he freaking wants to, and I keep mentioning him because he's the leader. He's a guy that never really comes off the field, and he takes pride in it, right? But watching him uh, have to come off the field, and I'll be real, offensive lineman, we know when the guy is out. 
<laughs> okay, we know when Nada's not in. We That's knew <laughs> when Gino wasn't in. We knew when Gerald McCoy wasn't in. We knew when all of these big time run stoppers, Brandon Williams from from uh, Baltimore. We knew, and when we saw their backups coming in, hey. We got to go, and we got to go right now before he catches his breath. It's not that, um, you know, you're running away from it. But, DK, this is an opportunist type of league. If you got a nosebleed, I'm going to punch you in it again. That's the way this works. <laughs> and if Cam is out and we got a nosebleed that can't be stopped in the run game, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to no-huddle that thing. They're trying, They're going to catch you with 12 men on the field with Cam trying to run in or Tyson well, trying to run you okay, see, let, let, yeah, but let's let, let's name names here because the, all the guys you've mentioned so far didn't play. Okay, yeah, so we're, yeah. okay, it was, it was Hayward, Alualu, and Ogunjobi didn't play. Yeah. So what you're okay. talking about out let's, there is is Chris Wormley. You're talking yes. about Isaiah Loudermilk, Khalil Davis, Davis, Khalil Davis, Isaiah Loudermilk, Khalil Davis had the monster. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, but 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 the Marvin Leal, who's a, yeah, yeah, the Marvin Leal, and this is another part two of this game. What, you know, people are you know pushing Devin Bush out of town, but there was a a a, a, a bubble pass to a running back out of the backfield, and Spillane couldn't catch him. You know, like yes. that is the give and yes. take of, of trying to get off the field on second and five or second and seven, third and seven, DK, that, that's super unacceptable. Those are the guys we're looking for to make those type of plays. And it just didn't show up early and often like uh, th- that linebacker position. We've been freaking chasing it, right? Trying to find a guy that can stop the run and also cover. Like, of course, Devin Bush, people saying he's iffy in the run game and trying to stop it, but he's damn good at chasing down. He's good at stopping the ball two, three yards around the line of scrimmage. We saw Spillane not being able to catch up to the running back on the sideline. You saw him chasing. Those are the things I'm speaking of when I speak about either balls coming out of the backfield or the run game up the middle. Just wasn't that great. I thought Henry Mundo was pretty solid, you know, but. Th- he is what he is. I, I he, say that respectfully. And, he is yeah, what he is. But he, he has a level of hokey. He okay. doesn't get moved. Yeah, he doesn't get moved. That's that's the hokey in it. Yeah, Chris Hoke for anybody who doesn't Chris know the Hoke. reference. Yeah. yeah. But but that's what I was looking for, man. I, I needed more out of that. Hokey. <laughs> yeah, a lot bigger. But I, I was I was good with the way Miles Jack was a heat seeker finding the ball. I thought Devin Bush did some good things in the run game when given the opportunity. But if guys are getting up on Devin Bush, and he's not 6'4", he's not 6'3", he's an undersized guy that's got to be utilized the right type of way, which is why you bring in the Miles Jack. If those guys are getting to him on the second level, DK, that's a problem. We had a good bit of that happen this past weekend from those guys that we named, man, Carlos and Khalil. Okay, like that's where we're at. We're talking about uh, 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 DeMarvin Leal. Those type of guys, like it, it can't be the case. No, it's it's like Cam said at one point, late last regular season. He just said, "Just fill the damn gaps." That's exactly that was exactly the quote. <sighs> okay, you, you don't have to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He just you just just find the gaps, hit the gaps. You know. Yeah, um, that's that's something that you know Mike Tomlin was asked after the Seattle game, his thoughts in general about the, the run and whether or not he could kind of downplay it or dismiss it because none of the starters participated. And he just came back with a straight, boring, the standard <laughs> is the standard. Um, and, and really, that has to apply just doubly and triply so when it comes to the stopping the bleeping run, mm-hmm. you know? And see, that's, that's also a situation where he'll give you that. But guess what's happening in that meeting room, DK? 
specifically calling out guys like that's that to me is the response I'm looking for this week like that can't stop a nosebleed from that 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 second line if Cam doesn't play a whole lot Montrevious Adams Chris Wormley Isaiah Loudermilk those guys like I, I gotta give it to 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 Henry Mundo as you said like he is who he is but are, do you want him you know is there a more talented guy out there? And as an undrafted guy like himself, that's a battle he's going to have to fight every single year, too. So it's not a dismiss, as you said. And you say that respectfully. When we come back, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It would not be a football discussion in Pittsburgh without quarterbacks. Lots and lots of quarterbacks still and this week out in Latrobe, Moan, you know, it's quite possible that your head coach is prone to playing mind games with people right out in the open, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, never that guy. No, not that guy. <laughs> so yeah, there right. he goes after a preseason game in which everybody kind of plays well, good moments, bad moments. Kenny gets the big, you know, yeah. the, the big hooray ending and everything like that. And he shows up at St. Vincent College and starts mixing everything up yeah mason was with the first team kenny was with the first team for a few snaps chris oladokin was out on the field taking reps today (laughs) um my understanding before this gets too excessive and dramatic and whatever is that this was part of a longer term plan the quarterbacks themselves have been hinting for a while that hey as you see camp progress, it's mm-hmm. not just going to be Mitch Trubisky at number one. Right. And that's kind of what's come to pass here. But at the same time, doesn't he kind of enjoy this sort of thing? Oh, he loves nothing more than this. You know, confusion, uh, some chaos, and and putting guys in some, what is the word, adverse situations. <laughs> that's Coach Tomlin for you. And it's necessary in a lot of different ways, uh, simply because you want to put guys in different positions. Like Kenny having two sacks in the game. Well, he was also with the younger offensive line that kind of was a little bit more porous than others. Uh, watching the way uh, Mason, you know, kind of bounced back a little bit uh, from having a sack on him and throwing it. Uh, a, a touch, a beautiful ball down the field it was something that was necessary in the game. He loves making guys uncomfortable and comfortable. You know, like I know, the first line from the second line is a little bit of a drop off. And I think it's also the oppor- it's, it's the idea of fair opportunity, too. You can't say we didn't put you in this position or, or, or the fact that uh, the opportunity didn't present itself for you to perform in the same situations that Mitch or Mason or Chris Ola Duncan has also. So I don't know if it's confusing, confusion. Uh, I've always kind of looked at him as he just likes to rattle the cage a little bit. And and truthfully, he want to see the reaction of the guys that kind of get bumped back a little bit. That's it. What, how unsettled do you get? Even if you're Trubisky, because you have to have some idea at this point, if you're Mitch, yeah, man, I'm the guy. But at the same time, you show up for practice that week and you're mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're behind, you know, you're you're taking snaps from J.C. Hass now or all of a sudden and you're like, yeah. wait a second, what's going on, man? And, and, and a true competition. I think this is it. Uh, I. I and the reason I say I think this is it is because he's doing this. You really have no idea on where you sit in camp. Now, we go through the second game. 
um, we we have the opportunity to say, okay, now you got to start buckling in because you got to name a guy so that you can start going through game prep for the for the regular season. Um, where where does it actually sit you? You don't know where you are. I've been in this situation before, DK, and you've documented. You covered me in these, hey, me, Trey Essex, and Doug Lagarcy going at it. And then there's DeCastro, me, Willie in these situations. It's like the four guy has got to go from the first team to the second team. You're a little pissed off. You're a little just irked by it. Like, did I not do enough? And then, of course, the clock in the player head moves a whole lot quicker than the clock in the coach's heads, too. Whoa, what? What's that mean? Be- because you, as, as a player, you're either getting better or you're getting worse in those situations, right? Like, I'm, I'm either practicing with the team that I proved I should be with, or did I actually get worse? Did I have a bad play? Like, those are the mind tricks that you play with yourself. <laughs> All of a sudden, you, you get it? Through every snap of the Seattle game in your head. <laughs> On your own, without a yeah. coach telling you to do it. What did I do wrong here? But And, and that's what Coach Tomlin, I, I feel like, does well. Because I, I never forget, uh, me, Doug, and Trey were going through that competition. Um, I always Chris have to give everybody the full names here. Doug oh, my Liger- bad. Doug Ligurski, <laughs> Trey Essex. Who, I'm trying to think who else you dropped here. Uh, uh, I call him Juicy, which we call him uh, Chris Kim- Chris Kimuatu, a.k.a. Juicy. Chris Kimuatu was yeah. the left guard. Uh, and it was a three-way competition between myself, Doug mm-hmm. Ligurski, and Trey Essex. Um, and Craig Urbic was in that fold a little bit, too. Trey Essex ended up winning it. Doug and I were reserves for the most part of that year. Well, I ended up winning that job uh, later in the season's year we went to the Super Bowl. But I, I remember just feeling downtrodden. I remember feeling like I'm about to get cut. I remember feeling like, Damn, what else do I have to do? Because it gets real, DK. Undrafted guy, Mr. Trubisky's, uh, 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 what do we want to call a rinse and repeat guy at this point? Like, And then you got Mason also just like, man, I got to figure out where I'm at. Am I trade valuable? Value. You know, like it's those things that really come to your mind. And you re- to your point, you replay every single play of that game about what you could have did better because you don't know. Meanwhile, the coaches just sit back. I just want to rattle them. That's all they want to do is see how you react. Arms folded, whistle in pocket. Simple as that. Oh, freaking hated it. Good stuff, Moan. Really good stuff. When we come back, with all due respect to this segment, the only segment that matters. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters in going through some of the feedback that you got yesterday moan a lot of positive reaction to hearing from john malecki and what he's up to and the dialogue that you guys had uh, i'll say it again it was it was outstanding but reading a couple of these say what a terrific show and a great account from you guys somebody asks you about your favorite woodworking content creators <laughs> uh, great episode interesting on so many levels randy duncan wants you to go out and find duck to interview him yes. <laughs> hey, hey duck i guarantee you would do it 100 percent. yeah I, I, can i preface your the the, the uh, by saying this a lot of these guys you're gonna get more personality out of a duck out of a malecki because they appreciate what the journey is i know everybody's go get debo go get troy and I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna throw that fishing line out there but you know who's yeah. who's usually interesting though dk i'll tell you what duck 
Duck, I, I don't want to turn this into a whole duck segment yeah, here. Yeah. But Duck was aware of what was happening as mm-hmm. it was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. He knew that when he went out to LA and beat the Chargers and everything else, he knew that there was nothing on God's green earth he could do to stay an NFL starting quarterback. Okay. And he would basically acknowledge it. He said, he would say to us every week with this real simple, like, he'd say, I'm living in the moment. I oh am my en- gosh. I am, I am enjoying the moment. And sure enough, he had his moment. Nobody can ever take it away nope. from him. Nobody nope. can ever say, your limitations, this or that, or you couldn't throw the ball very far. Hey, how many of you went into Los Angeles in an NFL game and beat the Chargers? <laughs> oh, by the way, on a Sunday night prime yeah. time yeah. in a – what was that, like a high school soccer stadium? It was a soccer stadium. <laughs> oh, not, come on, let's add to the dramatics of it all, okay? Go, go, go. Duck, the duck was thrown into the lineup against a Hall of Fame quarterback that yeah, had all of their starters. Against him against come on, build Joe. it up, DK. <laughs> awesome. Let's get Duck on the show here. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, as I'm looking at the rest of this here – I see uh, somebody says, hey, Moan, if an opening comes up for the permanent Steelers broadcaster position, please take it. (laughs) And then that leads to this one from Sam who says, hey, Moan. Oh, wait, I got to do it in the right intonation, right? Hey, Moan, how do you not have a network job? Now, of course, if you did, you'd still have to do your daily DK show because we know that that's in the contract. Just read the fine print. But no, seriously, with your knowledge and personality, I could easily see you being up in the booth or pregame show. Uh, Maybe you don't want to. I don't know. But it'd be fun to hear you talk about it. Uh I get that asked that a lot. I, I'll be honest with you. I probably treated it a little bit like I uh, treated my career as a football player, too. Like, I wish I had the mindset that Duck did to actually live in a moment and, and receive praise and just walk around all boastful like I know I'm that guy. Like, that's that's not me. Uh, presented with an opportunity, I would have to really sit back and look at it. I'll say this. My main focus right now is, is being flexible enough for my family, my wife and my boys. Um, I'm about to have a 14-year-old that's playing travel baseball and that gets stupid crazy, okay? My youngest need me just as much as my oldest did at this time of the year. So having that flexibility, have an early morning show here in Nashville, be able to do this show daily with you, DK, and Eddie, and all people at Pittsburgh, at DK Pittsburgh Sports, is what I'm into right now. And I'll say this, just the growth of what we've had here, uh, my love for Still a Nation is something that, look, it, it, it really have to be a good position. And and truthfully, I can be good to y'all, but I'm not sure how I'm viewed by them either. And maybe, you know, we go global with this thing, DK. They might see me and say, hey, DK, we want to buy this and bring you with Moan. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll entertain it. But you know me. This is how I've always operated. I'm, I'm good when everybody eats. So it would have to be good for all parties, uh, including my wife and my kids. And the people that I work with, too. The, the one thing that I can't stress enough, and I know we've talked about having Charlie Batch here as well. Charlie's coming up. Charlie's coming up. Next week. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to uh, recommend to you what to ask on your show. But I'll tell you what, if I, if I had something to bring up with Charlie, it would be to, to talk about all the work that goes into even preparing for these preseason games. Uh, mm-hmm. He and Bob Pompiani do a really good job in the local broadcast on KDKA. And it sounds, Moan, no different than a network broadcast. Why? I heard it. Because Pomp aces it on the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. And because Charlie 
works his rear end off. And remember that with preseason, unlike regular season, you got 90 guys on each sideline. That's a lot of names. That's a lot of bios. That's a lot of information. That's a lot of awareness of numbers, Mm -hmm. sometimes even duplicate numbers. Yep. You got to be on your game. Uh, Charlie works. Now, you and I know, and Charlie works also for the community as much as anybody we've ever known in our lifetimes uh, with everything that he does in the Munhall Homestead and Pittsburgh communities here. Uh, Charlie is, is is legit. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. But it's yeah. work. I think that might be what people th- people think. Not everybody, but some people might think that you just get into the booth and mm. go, "Hey, here I am. I'm Ramon Foster. I played that game, and I can." No, uh, uh-uh. uh-uh. it is I, it is work. I called a, uh, about four high school games last year. I did the Tennessee State Championship games. Also, it's a lot of work. The, I remember when I this. mentioned and this what, next what you thing, you have to do with those kids. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to you got to know them. Yeah, DK, the, a point that you're going to know the flip, the in-game flip card with all 22 on it. See, I knew that was going to be the reaction. Like, it's not just a, hey, let me look at the roster. No, I need to know who's lined up here, who's their backups, what they did, what's the storyline behind them. It's a lot of work. And I, I know that's a part of my my profession. I got to work on a little bit more. So I'm still polishing up on that type of stuff. But it's Charlie them speak it seamlessly, but it is not a seamless operation whatsoever. Plus, everybody loves Charlie. Oh, he's you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you not love Charlie? He's gone. Yeah, see, I think. See, I think Charlie could just sit in the booth and smile, and everybody would love him. <laughs> I can't wait because I've never interviewed him like this uh, to to ask him why did he, you know, you know, seek me out to be like, Mo, you need to be the union guy. You know, those are the conversations. Why did he take on the responsibility of it? And we'll go through some of this CBA stuff, stuff, and it'll good be a, a good next football. Week? Yeah, next next awesome. week, next Tuesday, I got him locked in. Awesome. In the meantime, we've got another show coming at you tomorrow.